Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Vaughn. Hope everyone is awesome out there wherever you may be. And I'm doing great. Um, I've just gone back to work. I've had two days of work after a long break since June 5th. No, I did some summer school. That's right. I did do a little bit of summer school. But I'm back in the classroom with um, uh, seventh graders teaching core, which is basically like English and social studies, but we're really doing just English. And then I have one class in the afternoon with um, kids that are there for leadership, except two thirds of the class didn't sign up for it and they don't want to be leaders. So it's been um, like pulling teeth to get these kids to talk and participate and kind of like have like a little bit of a group discussion. So I'm doing all the talking and this is the last class of the day and it gets really exhausting. I don't know how teachers do it. I really don't because I leave at the end of the day and the teacher that I'm covering for is actually providing all of the curriculum and she's doing all of the grading. Everything's basically online. So I go home and I don't have to think about any of it except kind of being somewhat prepared for the next day and how I want to present things. But other than that, I don't have to do anything. And I just see the work that's piled up. Like every assignment is times 30, you know, and that there could be three assignments. Well, of course she has five classes. So, I mean, think about this times 30 for each class. And that like is like times five. So I don't know, whatever. A lot of assignments, insane every single day. I don't know how teachers find the time to go through this and grade all these things. This is what I did last year when I did sixth grade and it was daunting. It really was. But that's why I'm a sub and unfortunately they don't pay us as much, but that's why, because we don't have to do that work. I don't want to do all that. It's too much. It's overwhelming and um, stressful. So I just want to like lock the door at two o'clock and go home, which is what I've been doing. And that's been nice. Owen started high school and he's had two somewhat okay days. Owen hurt his tailbone. This is like crazy. He hurt his tailbone in June. The craziest thing ever. Well, it was, it was graduation, eighth grade graduation. He was in a metal chair out on the field for, I don't even know, over two hours. And he sat wrong. He like tucked his butt under for whatever reason. Cause he didn't, I think it was the pants that I put him in. That might've been ill fitting. I don't know. I think they were a little short and I think he was just uncomfortable. And so he kind of sat with his butt tucked under and it hurt his tailbone. And we left for Disneyland the next day and the drive down, he was in agony the whole time and walking around the park, he was having like tailbone pain. It took like three weeks for it to get better. And then I don't know what happened at football practice on Wednesday. He did something where he just literally was doing a light run and it pulled how I I don't know how your leg running would pull something. I'd have to look at my anatomy, like cheat sheets that I have, but I mean, is there a ligament attached to your tailbone with to your leg? I don't think so. I don't even know. I don't know how he did it. There's gotta be something, but anyways, he's in pain again. And so he missed practice the first day of school and the second day and they had a scrimmage and now he's very worried that he's going to be kicked off the team and he won't. I need to take him to the doctor so at least we have some like proof that he really does have something going on because otherwise it's just his word against theirs or my word against theirs but a doctor's note always looks good. Okay, before I forget, I have to apologize for eating in the mic the last podcast. I had a little tiny slice of pizza and I just got so comfortable sitting here with Joey. I didn't think much of it and I was sort of like eating it and it's really disgusting. I'm really sorry. It really was gross. And I heard it back and I was like, oh my gosh, I've done that before on a live 
and I forgot how bad that sounds. So I will not ever do that again. No eating while I'm podcasting because no one wants to hear anyone smacking their food around in their mouth and um, swallowing and just making food noises. It's disgusting. So I apologize. Okay, let's see. So I was on Facebook, I think like two days ago, and I got a, a message, a personal message, a DM, a I always want to say district message. No, district manager, DM. No, I always do that. Um, uh, but anyways, a personal message from um, somebody that I went to high school with. Her name is Allison. Shout out Allison Clinton Rack. She sent me the nicest message saying that she, because I don't usually um, put my HIV stuff on Facebook, but I felt like this was sort of like fun to share the Tinder test, recent podcast. And so she, so a lot of my high school you know, classmates are on my Facebook. And so, uh, but mostly everything I just deal with through either my Instagram, my Jennifer Vaughn HIV Instagram, or I put it on Twitter, but Twitter gets like nothing. Um, it doesn't, I feel like no one sees my stuff on there. So, or of course I just post stuff on my YouTube channel, but I decided to just put the link for this latest podcast on Facebook and Allison listened to it and she wrote me the nicest message. Okay. I'm going to read it. Cause I was like blown away. And you know, it is really crazy for me to have people reach out to me who know me, listen to my podcast, because I really do feel like when I do these, that it's just a bunch of strangers that listen to it. So it's a trip to me when um, an actual classmate from my past listens to it. So she says, oh my God, OMG, I just listened to your podcast for the first time and I loved it. You have such a fun, engaging style and I think I especially loved it because you referenced middle and high school people and antics and it was like a little walk down memory lane. I also loved your banter with Joey because it's so relatable and real. I listen to a lot of podcasts and listen to them all on 1.5 speed. So I listened to yours that way also and that was also funny because you already kind of talk fast, haha. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to tell you that I was on a walk and literally laughing out loud today. So thank you for that. I mean, that was, that is so flattering and I, I can't even tell you. So I shared that, um, kind of anonymously on my Facebook and I just wanted people to know like, Hey, there's people that listen to me that know me. I really didn't, I really didn't expect that. And then my friend Pia, who was my college roommate has been writing to me and saying, Oh my God, that Roomba story with the, there was a Roomba story in my house. The dog poo went into the Roomba and it went all over the place. Um, she was just saying that cracked her up and I'm like, damn, Pia's listening to my podcast. That's crazy. So, um, yes, thank you so much, Allison again. And of course, Pia for listening. Um, I'm going to do my shout outs now. Let's do those now. Okay. Hold on. We've got uh, Farzad and it's not Farzan. I got it. I got it now. You know what? I messed up before, but I won't anymore. Farzad, um, Allison, Clinton, Rack, Pia. We, um, in college, we called her woman. That was her nickname. Woman. So my Pia woman, Rayleigh eight, Elaine, Taby. I think that's how you say your name. You were on a recent live with me and I promised that I would say your name. Debbie Cart. Oh boy. Here we go. This is a tough one. Cart. Telatini. I think that's it. I might've written it down wrong. I'm so sorry if I said that wrong, but it was a mouthful and I said it right during the live and you said it was okay. And now I'm not sure I did. Um, Richie Beatty, Misty Diane, Colleen Hickey, Heather Armstrong, Starwire, Daniel, Kelly, uh, John, my stepbrother, Stephen Hart and Ed Venus, the penis. God, I hope you don't mind that I'm calling you that, but I just can't. Oh, and Stephanie, of course, my friend, Stephanie Brown in Chicago. I don't know if Thorley, if you listen, maybe Thorley listens too. She's my other friend in Chicago. I've known Thorley since I was 11. 
I've known Stephanie since I was probably 31. My God, Stephanie, that's like 20 years if you're listening. It probably has been that long. Okay, speaking of a long time ago, going back, I could not remember who I'd kissed in my hot tub besides Mark Cafori. Rest in peace, Mark. The other boy was Brian Bailey, and he was this little blonde kid. I was definitely taller than him. And looking back, he looked like a child, even though he was in high school. And I don't remember it being that big of a deal. I think there was like a kiss in the hot tub. And then we tried to do an underwater kiss. It was like all truth or dare, nothing more than that. Um, but that was it. It was Brian Bailey. And then of course, when you go back to high school and we weren't drinking or anything, that was just like, we were just in the hot tub. It was me, Doris, Mark and Brian. And, or maybe it was Genevieve. Oh my, no, it was Doris. It was Doris. And, um, Anyway, you know, then you, these boys, well, Mark, I think would still say hi at school, but Brian, oh no, I never said a word to him again after that. It's like that night never happened and we were complete strangers. So that's always so freaking weird. Definitely weird. Okay. Also back in high school, I've talked about my friend Janine Pete. So we were like amazing friends during the summer, right before seventh grade. She ended up changing schools and coming to my junior high because she'd been going to a private school and she was begging her dad, like, I want to go to central high or middle school. So she gets to go there. And I don't know what happened really quickly. As soon as school started, she gravitated towards this very popular crowd and I just wasn't in that crowd. And I literally kind of like got pulled away from her. And it was, you know, I remember feeling like very crushed about it. Like I kind of knew that might happen because Janine had that very magnetic personality where she was going to end up being with the really popular kids. And I sort of feel like she dropped me like a hot potato. And then I remember some people asking me about her like they wanted dirt on her and um I I think I'm I'm not sure what I said but I was hurt that she didn't really want to be my friend anymore and I might have said something to somebody maybe Greg Fleischman I don't know maybe in math but anyways Janine got wind of it and then she was going to beat me up after school so I'll never forget that day being in like the last class with her and she was sitting behind me like three seats and I was I have never been so scared in my whole life and I really do believe she would have beat me up because she was kind of like tough and I found a way around the back of school like she looked at me like I looked back at her and she was like almost looking at me like she's hitting her fist in her hand it was terrifying and this was my best friend this had been my best friend and anyways I remember I went around the wrong way to go home and I oh my god it was a nightmare and then nothing happened the weekend happened and we went back to school on Monday and it was I guess it just sort of was forgotten so that was it Janine and I split our friendship ended after we started school together. Well, we did do the unicycles and then it was probably a few weeks after that. I don't remember really, but I just know that I did not spend my seventh grade year with her. I spent it with Genevieve and Doris and Thorley and I think Kim Fasciano maybe, or maybe that wasn't until high school. But anyways, um, so my whole point of this is that Janine and I were disconnected for years and then I went to high school and I had the biggest crush on this boy who was a junior. I was a freshman. We had cooking together. His name was Jeff Antonchuk and he drove an orange. I think it was a Camaro. I even drew the car in my art class. I was so into him. I don't know. He was really, really cute and, um, very shy. And I don't know, he hung out with kind of the stoner, like the car crowd in the parking lot. I don't know that he was much of a stoner, but he was seemed sweet and shy. And I just, I, he had this sweet face. He had puppy dog eyes and he didn't have a girlfriend. And so I was like, definitely crushing hard on him. Like, oh, you're like painfully, like I have my heart hurt. Like I really liked him a lot. 
And I finally decided, um, I guess the Sadie Hawkins dance was coming up. I think that was the one. I feel like many, many months went by that I was crushing on him. And I think Doris even told him at one point and like, I don't know, there's probably something embarrassing that happened where he didn't have much to say or I don't know what. But anyways, I decide to ask him. All of a sudden, we're out, we're walking out of cooking class together. It's the end of the day. And, you know, everyone's in the hallway going to their lockers. And I somehow sidle up next to him. I don't even know how I did it. It was like an out-of-body experience completely. I was very, very shy. I just knew that I liked him so much. And it was one of those things where you feel like, well, if you ask, it might actually happen. So I asked him if you, I don't even know, I don't know how I did it. I just was walking and you know, holding my books and I said, hey, I don't, I can't even remember. I'd be making it up if I told you exactly what I said because I don't know what I said. But basically I asked him to the dance and he asked me if he could get back to me. And I was like, sure. And I'm like, oh, that's better than a no. So I go home that night and the next day I end up finding out that, I don't know if he told me personally, I can't remember how it happened, but he said he was seeing another girl and he was, he was going to go to a dance with her the same weekend or something. I can't remember. Anyways, I, I don't know how we got reconnected, but Janine Pete was the other girl and they weren't even going to the same high school. I don't know how Janine and Jeff ended up meeting, but then she and I started talking again and she said, I think this was after they had split. It was, it was after. And she and I, so like, it didn't happen immediately after I had asked him to the dance. It was months later or something, but she and I got reconnected and all of a sudden, like everything that had happened between us that was negative was sort of like not even spoken about or whatever. I even went to her house and spent the night and she was at a different high school. She was, I think she was at Notre Dame. She went back to a private high school or maybe she was at Carlmont. I don't know, but I was at Sequoia and you know, it didn't last long. We kind of reconnected and it was fun and we were excited to be like friends again, but she had been on another level with guys. Oh, Owen's coming down. I'm doing a podcast. Are you going to be down here for a second? How long? No, I'm like right in the middle of doing that. Gosh, I thought I picked the right time to do this. Come on, Owen. Is it live? No, I'm recording this, but I'm not going to go through the story. There? No, no one's here, but it's going to be on my, it's going to be a podcast. Can you just go back up in your room for like 20 minutes? Oh my gosh, seriously? Owen! What? Don't give me that face. Are you going to cut this out? I don't know, maybe. If it's too long, if you're standing here doing this to me too long, yes. Yeah. Just grab something to eat and then go upstairs. I was just getting to the best part of the story. And then you walked in. I'm just gonna lay down here. No, no. You're seriously in your room all day. And the second I come, I decide to do this. Like literally I'm 10 minutes in and you come down. Now you have to lay down here. I feel like there's like some kind of radar where you guys are aware of when I don't want you around me. I really do. So Janine tells me that her and Jeff would, you want to hear this Owen? Janine Pete is making out with the guy that I really had a big crush on and she said they'd make out for so long and so like like close together that he'd have her makeup all over his face and I'm like oh really <laughs> that's great like I remember like I told her that I liked him but I didn't like him anymore because I didn't want her to like have that over me I think but I was crying inside oh my god was that the most painful thing to hear about that this girl that I was such good friends with got the guy that I always wanted. And really, I, I, well, he was only there for two years, like my freshman and sophomore year. And yeah, I didn't stop crushing on him 
those whole two years. And um, yeah, I can't really talk about boys with you here, Owen. It's just weird. I can't. You've got to go upstairs. You've got to go because I, I can't go on. I'll talk about some other stuff, but you're no stop this. Okay. I will talk about uh, Twitter. And I think I talked about the last time I was on here. That's annoying. I can't get it over. Okay. Get your chicken apple sausage and get the hell out of here. Go. No. So I was talking about Twitter and I think, um, last week I was saying that oh, I got to think of who it was. Who was it? Oh, well it was Rosanna Arquette. Um, that she had followed me on Twitter. And this is all because of Caitlin Spencer has the book, Please Let Me Go. And the, like I said, all these people that follow her are well-known people. And now she's included me in a bunch of her tweets. And so now Rosanna Arquette followed me today. Um, there's someone else who followed me last week, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, hold on, I have to go to my notes. Who was it? It was... Oh, Mira Sorvino. That's right. Mira Sorvino followed me last week. And now today, Rosanna Arquette followed me. She's from, you know, she's from that scene in Pulp Fiction where Uma Thurman's on the ground and she's basically completely had a drug overdose and John Travolta's got the syringe. He's going to plunge it into her heart. And she's the one that says, um, she had like short hair at the time. She was the one that says, uh, you know, Uma Thurman jumps up and she's like, you know, like <gasps> gasping for breath and all that. And then, uh, they, they jump to a shot of, uh, uh, Rosanna Arquette. And she says, that was fucking trippy. That was exactly the line. Cause I looked it up. So yes, she just followed me today. Crazy cuckoo. And also Francis Fisher followed me today. And she's from, it's, it's funny because the kids asked me yesterday what my favorite movie was. And I said, Titanic. And I was followed by Francis Fisher today, who was in Titanic. So I don't know. It's just crazy. I don't know what to make of it. I, it probably is nothing to them. They just probably clicked the button. They probably didn't really look at and see who I was. But I mean, hey, it's really um, very flattering. And I don't know what else to say about it. It's very cool. So there's that. Okay, I will get into the Tinder stuff soon. That That's the whole reason I'm doing this is because I have some Tinder updates. And by the way, um, based on like downloads and views, like you guys are definitely interested in knowing about my dating lifestyle. And I will give you as much information as I can. But before that, I was just going to talk about the edibles that I had talked about before um, for sleep. Okay, so I have this thing called, and I don't know if I've talked about it in any of my past podcasts. I'm, I'm definitely keeping notes now about what I talk about, but uh, restless leg syndrome. I've had this since I was a kid. I think I have. And it's just this really annoying thing. And no, I'm not a special snowflake. I know it sounds like one of those conditions. It's like, oh my God, you just think you're so like nifty because you have this like little special thing that you can't even really describe. No, it really is a thing and it's really, really annoying and it wakes you up from your sleep. It used to only bother me if I was trying to stay awake and I was really tired, then it would bother me. And, and then it kind of like cropped up more when I got pregnant. Each pregnancy, it sort of bothered me more and more in my sleep. And now I don't know if it's my age or what. I'm, I will never say that it's HIV. I know probably most people want to say, oh, it's because you have HIV, but I'm undetectable. So I don't feel like it's affecting me at all. But I believe it's my age. Um, if I do not take a gabapentin before I go to bed, uh, my, this will wake me up like a hundred percent of the time. So, and, and lately it feels like the gabapentin isn't doing enough. So I have to say a half of an edible, or even the other night I did a whole one, it's five milligrams of THC, uh, really made me drowsy and my legs didn't bother me at all. I mean, this, this restless leg syndrome thing is freaking annoying. It wakes you up and you can't, 
feel comfortable. And it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's a nerve thing. And it, it feels like, it doesn't feel like bugs are crawling on your legs. It just feels like you have to keep moving your legs to make this sensation go away. That is really annoying. And, um, I get it in both legs, but the edibles are helping big time. I just wish they weren't so expensive, but if anyone else is dealing with restless leg syndrome, I highly recommend, well, I don't know, edibles if you can get them. Um, again, gabapentin is a prescription or I don't know what else. I Sometimes I will take an over-the-counter sleeping pill and all of those things seem to help. Otherwise, literally if I don't do those things or you know, like sometimes I forget to take the gabapentin before I go to bed. I will wake up for sure. Like at three in the morning. And I sometimes have to get up and literally just shake my legs. Like it's crazy. I'm like halfway awake and I'm taking my leg and like shaking it, like trying to like, and it really doesn't do anything. It, it just takes time for it to go away. It literally, it normally lasts about 30 minutes and it just, it does keep you awake. You just keep tossing and turning and moving your legs and you can't like um, you can't stop moving them because they're, they're, they feel annoying. So anyways, that's my two cents on restless leg syndrome and edibles. Okay. Um, let's get into it. So Tinder, Tinder, what's been going on since the last time I was on my podcast, I had gotten onto Tinder and I guess where I left off was, is that I was just doing it. I don't think I, when I talked about that, there was a black guy that I had connected with. Um, I gave him my number and just said, you know, I don't really like talking through this app. If you want to, you know, text me through my number, you can, uh, he never said a word to that and he never texted me, but he hasn't unmatched me either, but we've never talked since. So there's, that's that, that I think that's probably never going to happen. So, um, but I had connected with, um, three other people and that I was actually four, but, um, I will say that one of them will most likely listen to this. So I, I, I want to be like sensitive, but there's really nothing much to report. I just, the thing is, is that I, um, I did give my HIV information to three of them. And so one of them I started with because he was, he goes by doctor something. I don't want to give his name away, but, um, and it is his first name. So you can't like look him up or anything, but I, I've thought, well, he's a doctor, you know, why not? So I decided to, um, uh, I basically wrote to him and I said, Hey, if you want to know more about me, cause he was kind of like pulling teeth to talk to Like he did write to me initially and said, Hey, beautiful. I'm so glad we're connected, whatever. And then it just felt like the conversation kept lacking. Every time I'd try to like get him to like engage, I would get one, one word answers. So I just thought, okay, I'm just going to throw this out there and see what happens. So I said, Hey, if you want to get to know more about me or know who I am, you should just go to YouTube and look up Jennifer Vaughn HIV. Well, he was like, oh my God, I've just been watching. Like, that's incredible. And like, here's here, let's talk offline or whatever. So I think, uh, I gave him my number. I think I can't remember how it happened, but so we started texting and then, um, I don't know, it kind of went right back into the, like, I'm asking the questions and he's giving me one word answers. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> I think I'm going to like, you know, try too much harder. Like that's fine. But the, the positive thing was, is that it didn't scare him away. And, um, he didn't even ask anything about it, which was also strange. Like other than, Oh wow. Like here, let's do numbers on the outside of the app. But then <laughs> it just kind of, I don't know. He, like he answered all the questions I had. He was like building a house up here in L in uh, Santa Cruz, but he's down in LA currently. And, you know, I asked, do you work in a lab or with patients? He said in a lab. And, you know, I'm like, okay, like, I feel like I'm interviewing you. Like you could ask me something, 
I mean, he was very responsive to my questions, but he just wasn't asking me anything. So I just sort of gave up with that. Um, and then there was someone else who like, was like, wow, I will say that he did say, wow, you're a superstar quote unquote. I'm like, not, but that was really nice. And he definitely checked out my stuff and said, I, I, I don't know. I think he said I spoke well or something. I was, um, I had good, um, I, I don't know. He said something about me being well-spoken. Um, so hi, if you're out there. And he unmatched me, I think, because I probably didn't respond enough. And the only reason I didn't respond enough probably was because I was chatting with somebody else. I gave three people in the same day the same information. Like, hey, if you want to know more about me, you, you should go to YouTube and just put in Jennifer Vaughn, and then you'll know what there is to know about me. And then we can go from there if you want to. So this third person I gave that information to and, um, it, yeah, he didn't seem to freak him out. We, uh, we ended up exchanging phone numbers and we had a well, I kind of snuck up on him cause we were writing back and forth or texting. And I just thought, you know what? I just want to talk to him. So I just called him. I just decided to call him and he answered and, um, and he was so sweet. And I said, did I scare you? And he's like, like, uh, scare me? Like, no, like caught off guard, maybe a little. Uh, yeah, kind of, you know, it was cute. And, um, so we had like a great conversation. We have a ton of stuff in common, even though we have a little bit of an age difference. Of course he's younger. Um, but he's, you know, local basically. And, um, I don't know, I could have talked to him for another, you know, three hours. I just felt like we had a lot to talk about. And so we have a plan to meet up, um, hopefully this coming weekend. I think that is, it's tentative and I'm, I'm, I've got it in my calendar. Hopefully it'll still happen. But I guess my point is, is that it was really nice and it didn't, um, I, like my status, we, I mean, I talked, we talked about everything under the sun really. So, um, part of it was like my relationships, like most recently, obviously. And, um, a little bit about my story, not a whole lot. Like he'd had pneumonia too. So like he could relate to that. It had nothing to do with HIV, but, um, he didn't, you know, the fact that he still, he basically said, Hey, okay, here's the deal. He goes, how about I take you to dinner? And, and, and in exchange, you'd give me a surf lesson. And I was like, all right, I like that. You know, it was like my status didn't play into anything. It was fine. And he, it, he did make me feel completely normal. And that's, I mean, it is how I feel anyway. So it's nice to have somebody who you don't even know, who is just really getting to know you for the first time. And they literally don't seem to be stressed out or like, you know, asking anything about it. So uh, maybe everything he needed to hear or see he'd already found on my channel. So that's great. So like, yeah, it's nice. My channel kind of does all the work for me, I guess. Um, and feel free if you're HIV positive and you, um, are out there and dating and need some, you know, you're going to disclose, of course, feel free to share my videos and my channel and, um, to help people understand, you know, my U equals U stuff, um, female transmission video that's, it's, uh, says female to male transmission, HIV, highly unlikely. That's a very popular video. Um, so anyways, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just glad that it's there. Cause it definitely, like I said before in my last podcast, by the fact that I'm public about it, it's clearly making a statement that I'm not concerned about anybody knowing. And I don't, I don't feel like I have to hide and I, there's nothing to hide because I know that I'm not going to, give this to anybody. And I know that it doesn't affect me in any way and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't hinder anything. And it's really, 
uh, the, the thing with HIV is that it's, it's a big part of my life because the advocacy, it's not the actual virus itself. That, that is like the nothing part of it. The part that's a big part of my life is advocacy. So, um, yeah. So anyways, um, that's all I really can say about that. The date hasn't happened. I don't know if I will even say anything about the date because I don't want to make him uncomfortable, but I felt like I could at least say this before it happens. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just put a smile on my Instagram and give you guys a thumbs up. That's it. I, I just, I don't know. I just don't want to make him feel uncomfortable or anything, but um, I did want to just share a little bit more about what had happened this week with sharing with three people, my HIV status and how that went. Um, but I have to say with all three, it was positive. Nobody said anything negative to me or like, you know, freaking out or weird. There was no weird vibes, none. So I was very pleasantly surprised about that. And, um, and so, yeah, um, it made me feel really normal and happy and, and, uh, kind of gives me like this whole freedom, uh, to just be, uh, this different person. Like I really, when I was diagnosed and I was with Eric, I was sort of like in this little bit of a bubble that I thought that I would never be able to find someone who would accept me again there. That definitely was in my head when we were together that I thought this was, I'll, I would probably never find anyone again. Really. I thought I'm really picky on top of it. And I just thought, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say that without saying too much. I just really did feel like there probably would be no other opportunities. So, um, it's really an amazing feeling to be in this position, not that long after a breakup and feel so excited about life again, you know, and moving forward. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, okay. One last thing I did go on Wednesday for my follow-up for my eyebrows and my, which went really, really well. In fact, I know the tint is still on there. I haven't gotten them wet. So it's still just as dark as it was the day I left. Cause she put the ink on and I know it will eventually fade and start coming off a little bit, but the second time wasn't as bad as the first time. I feel like I had a lot more pain. Oh, well, I, I did take ibuprofen before I went in this time. I didn't do that the first time. Um, but she does the entire process again. So when you go in for the microblading, the first round of cuts, you feel, um, you pretty much feel it. And it feels like someone described it, that it, it sounds like Velcro. It's like scratchy sounding, but it does feel like a little tiny blade cutting into your skin. I mean, you can, yeah, you feel it. It's not, it's not a good feeling, but then she puts the numbing stuff on and that seeps into the, all those cracks. Cause now your skin's kind of opened up and then that, then it does become very numb. And then you don't feel the second round or the third round. And again, I did not have to tell her about my HIV status. There's no reason to, this is all disposable. Well, of course they have to follow the protocol for universal precautions that anybody would have to do at any kind of salon or where they're using anything that's touching or going into your skin. So there, again, there's no reason to have to say anything. I mean, she's covered with gloves and a mask and like, this is just crazy that anyone would even think that I'd have to say anything to her. Um, and again, how many people go into these places not knowing that they might have a bloodborne disease? Of course I did things before I ever knew I had HIV and I would, it wouldn't have mattered because I couldn't have given it to anybody anyways. Like maybe I had, I don't know, a pedicure or, um, I didn't have any tattoos done back then, but it wouldn't have mattered anyways. Cause it's the same protocol, universal precautions for anything that's done, you know, that's where it's like going into your body, any kind of needles or tools or anything like that. 
So I'm very, very, very happy with the results. She did an amazing job. She was so nice to me too. Again, my gosh, this lady was amazing. Um, I envy in Los Gatos. Her name's Karina. I highly recommend her. Just the nicest lady ever. And then I had like three hours to kill before I had my next appointment to go back to Dr. Strzok in Morgan Hill for the follow-up on my, basically it was for my lip, but I walked in and it, this is still covered on my original payment that I made. So this was like, I'd called and kind of said, I'm not really happy. I think more needs to be done to my upper lip. And so I walked in and he didn't know that he thought I came in for forehead and he said, Oh, okay. Another here, here. And like between the eyes and maybe a little bit on this, I'm like, Oh, well I was actually here for my lip. So he went ahead and like put more in my forehead, which I, I have to say, it feels like you're being injected with youth and it is euphoric. It's a weird feeling. Like you're like, yes. Like every time the needle goes in your skin, it's almost like it does. I mean, I've never done heroin, but it almost feels like it could be, it's like a euphoric feeling. Cause you know, like this is yes, more, do more. Like, you know, every time he puts it in, that's going to be even like more youth because there's not going to be any wrinkling. So it's this amazing feeling. And even with the lips, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. And it hurts, you know, like he, there was you know, I had to dab my lips. That was Finn going by. I had to dab my lips as I was walking out of there. Cause they were like in three spots. Like it was bleeding. So pretty. I said, can I have a little, um, gauze? I'm like, I'm like walking out of the, the exam room with blood dripping off my upper lip. I'm like, that's not really pretty. So he's like, oh yeah, hair. And so I do have a little bit of a, a blood. I don't know. It's like, it's like a bruise. Yeah. That would be called a bruise blood under the skin, um, on my upper lip on one side. It's no big deal. It just cover it with lipstick, but I, he gave me more filler in my upper lip and more Botox. So again, it's still, I think it will kick in more through until when, like after a week seems to be the best results. But I did notice in just 24 hours that the filler made my upper lip a little bit fuller took more of that wrinkling out and it's making me really happy. And I don't look like a fish or a duck or anything. There was a lady in there who had definitely had a lot of work done and her skin was very smooth and flawless and her eyes were kind of squinty. You know that look and the eye, the lips were a little big and she looked like she had a lot of money. And I thought, Oh God, I don't know. Maybe when you get to that age, cause she was probably in her seventies, Maybe that look feels good. I don't know. I'm not 70 yet. Maybe when I'm 70, I'll want to look like that too. I don't know. I don't know. But now I would rather look, you know, more natural, obviously, with some just enhancements to like make me feel a little bit better about my, my aging face, especially when I'm going to go out on a date with a guy who's <laughs> 15 years younger than me. So anyways, <laughs> and he's aware of the work. So this is no shock to him. I did tell him that I had some Botox done, but Botox is great. It's like literally just stops your face from wrinkling. And it, I don't know, I can still see that I have expressions in my face. Um, I, what I think is a real trip is that there's girls that are doing it really young, like in their twenties where they don't have wrinkles yet. So their face is not moving and it's not ever going to have the opportunity to make wrinkles, right? because it's not me. It's like their skin isn't contracting. So will they ever have wrinkles? It's, I don't get it. I mean, I know naturally your skin's going to get like older and maybe like the collagen will be sort of like going away and that might be causing wrinkles. I'm not sure, but I do wonder about these girls that are doing it really young and how that will affect them naturally as they hit like their forties and fifties, if they decide to just stop the Botox at 40 or 50, 
Will they have way less wrinkles because their skin never got that opportunity to be, you know, getting squished, I guess. Like, you know, how your forehead would squish and it makes the lines. I don't know. I think it's, I, I need to like look that up on the internet. I'm so jealous I didn't start younger. God. And I really didn't even know that at the point I was at that it was even possible to get rid of the wrinkles I had. I thought that the ones that were there were permanent and there was nothing that could be done about those, but they could maybe stop new ones from happening. And that was not the case. Like they put the Botox in and my forehead doesn't have lines in it anymore. Like the, and I have I had at least five pretty deep lines in my forehead. And then my crow's feet are gone when I smile. I mean, it's crazy. I do have to say my eyebrows, um, because of the Botox above my eyebrow, it does do something weird to my eyelid. Of course, my eyelids are 51 years old. And so they're, you know, softer or the skin is like, kind of like, I don't know if it just like kind of sits on top of itself a little bit. But I notice when I try to do eyeshadow, my eyelid is different and it's like harder to put it on. It's like, there's, it feels like there's more skin there or something. I'm not sure. Oh God, I know. And what happens next? Then you want to get your eyelids done. I know. It's like one thing leads to another. I do know that that is um, definitely part of plastic surgery. You do one thing and you want to keep doing something else. So trying not to fall into that pit, but you never know. <laughs> no. Right now I'm just sticking with the syringes and I'll be back in November because you know all of this stuff does fade away and you have to go back in and get things touched up. So I assume by the time November rolls around, I'm going to be like just thirsty for those injections. I can't wait. Some people are really afraid of them, but I don't know. It just didn't, it hurts, but it's like, it's exciting at the same time. You're just like, yes, yes, yes. Keep doing it. And it's kind of funny, but I bet a lot of women feel that way. And I know that when it, I, like, I know people that said like when the Botox finally sinks in and you really feel the effect of it and it starts going like paralyzed, that that is like a real high for people. They get like really excited. It feels good to like know that like that's starting to happen. So I get that. I feel that now. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's really all I have to say for this week. I'm actually can't believe I did this podcast on time and it's going to be out on a Monday morning. And right, actually right now, um, I, it's Saturday evening. Uh, so it's not actually Monday morning, but you know, we're just going to pretend it's Monday morning, right? Finn's busy going back and forth patrolling the house. Um, okay guys, have a great week. Um, enjoy this, uh, third week of August and I will see you guys or you guys will hear me here. Oh, oh, I'm working on a new logo too, by the way, my logo that I have currently, I do love it. My daughter had it done for me, but I haven't been wearing my glasses lately and my hair is straighter and I feel like I look a little bit different from that picture. And I almost feel like I look a little bit like a grandma in that picture because of the glasses. So, um, I am having, uh, the same girl take a new picture of me and draw it up cartoon style. And, um, that will be my new logo coming up. So she's great. Beanables is her name on Instagram and she's just charging me $45 to do this. So I haven't seen the final yet. She's working on it currently. So I don't know. I might even have it ready by the time this podcast goes up, but I will be having a new logo soon. And I'm really excited about that. I think my, my logo needs a little bit of an update, so it needs a mommy makeover. <laughs> okay, guys have a great week. Thank you for listening. And and we will catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye now. Love you guys. Bye. 
If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys. 